Big Red Revival. Well, glory, glory, hallelujah. College football's first first full weekend was back. Welcome into the Big Red Revival podcast, season three, episode five. Zach, we had uh, the first full slate of games this week, starting on uh, on Thursday night with a great game with Michigan and Minnesota, leading all the way through Labor Day, Labor Day capping off with uh, Old Miss and Louisville. Um just a great action-packed weekend from start to finish. Uh, tie in there, Nebraska getting their first victory of the season over Fordham, 52-7. to It started off a little shaky, but ended up doing what they needed to do and getting that backdoor cover. So just a great college football weekend to get us started and uh, reminded us all why we love college football so much. But, uh, Zach, how you doing? How was your first opening weekend? Are you opening weekend of college football? Uh, it was fantastic. It was a five-day football-filled weekend for me. Um, I... I took Thursday and Friday off like a complete college football degenerate. But before I do want to, I, I do want to give credit where it's due. Congrats to the captain, Derek Jeter, for uh, his <laughs> induction into the Major League Baseball Hall of Fame in Cooperstown today. Um, yep. I think we all know what we need to do. Just tip your hat to to the captain there and the captain, um, and much respect there. But no, um, college football this weekend was insanely awesome and right. Uh, just everything that came along with it. It was just such a different feeling than it was last year. And it was just, it just seemed like it was back to normal and everything was good. And right. just, I mean, just a buffet of games from starting even like a smaller game Wednesday all the way up till Monday night. I mean, can't, yeah. can't ask for much more than that. And I, I took in as much as I possibly could. Yeah, I mean that uh, Michigan or uh, that Minnesota Ohio State game feels like it was six weeks ago, but that was just uh, <laughs> Thursday. Um, what a what a great game that was! I think you know Minnesota came out and you know showed showed uh, showed well pretty well for themselves. You know, mm-hmm. unfortunately, uh, Muhammad Ibravich, their Ibrahim. star running back Ibrahim Ibrahim, uh, unfortunately had that uh, Kevin Durant injury where you could see his uh, Achilles explode in the back of his calf calf. Uh, when the third quarter or whatever he's, live action too. Yeah. And he's lost for the season. So you hate to see something like that happen, especially op- opening week or really at all. But uh, no, I mean, from that game all the way to, uh, to the, what the Florida state and, uh, and Notre Dame game, what, what was the best uh, game of the weekend for you? Was it that Florida state Notre Dame game? It was, I mean, I was like nearly in tears watching McKenzie Milton come out there in the fourth quarter, third quarter, right, whatever story. he, he Man, that guy just is the ultimate warrior. Like he, the the things that he's overcome and that injury that he he overcame, and just you know the amount. I mean, you got to think the amount of rehab and just probably mental breakdowns and everything that comes along right. such a long journey back. You got to tip your hat to the guy again, and just and he came out and he just threw that pass, his first pass. And it's like, man, what what set of balls do you got? What set of balls do you have to come out after like almost three years and just just throw a dart in a big right. time situation in front of right. everybody who's watching college football? What a guy! I mean, 
You know, I coming down all, from 18 points in the yeah. you know 18 point deficit in the fourth quarter to Notre and, Dame. And even I mean, I think all of Husker fans can say that you know we have a little spe- special place in our heart for for him because and you yeah. Know, yeah, from UCF, and he kind of catapulted Frost into you know a great season and brought him here, and that's right. neither here nor there at this point. But um, I think we all had our eyes pretty closely watching him his his last season at UCF, and it was such a sweet moment. Like you, you just love to see a guy like that who's got who's who's got that composure and he's got the um, you know the drive to come back from something like that and and ultimately you know show that he still got it. Yeah, it's just, uh, you know, that his leg injury was one of those injuries that's so bad that at one point they thought that amputation of, of the leg was uh, uh, might be necessary. So, you know, you just love to see a story like that kind of just makes college football, you know, it just gives it, makes it that much more special. And then, you know, obviously the fans being back. I mean, just mm-hmm. like I said, we missed out on that so much last year. There's obviously a couple stadiums that allowed some fans in, but you know, you see this, the, the fans at the Florida state game, you see enter the Sandman, Virginia tech and North Carolina. I mean, what an environment jump around, uh, jump around Wisconsin. Never gets old. Yeah. It's uh, it's just, you know, it just reminds us all why college football is so special. And to me, the best sport there is just the, the pageantry and just the passion from the fans uh, just everything encompassed, man. Just makes college football so great. Got to go down this weekend, uh, tend the tailgates uh, Saturday for the Nebraska game. Uh, just, you know, you, you just, you know, you take these things for granted and then it gets taken away from you for a year and it just makes it all that much more special. And, you know, I, w- I will not be taking college football for granted ever again. So, <laughs> but uh, no, it was a weekend full of great games. I mean, you know, it was supposed to be the top five matchup of uh, Clemson and Georgia, you know, a defensive battle, some would say, or lack of offensive battle, however you want to put it. Georgia ended up putting the clamps down on Clemson, winning ten to three. Um, then you had Penn State at Wisconsin. Wisconsin ended up, you know, that was a zero zero game at halftime. Wisconsin ended up pulling it out, you know, and you know, just kind of back on that game, you know, it Graham Mertz, you know, he started it about as hot as a quarterback could start, you know, coming out on I believe it was a Thursday night game against Illinois, throwing five touchdowns only one incompletion and, you know, kind of lit the world on fire. And everybody said, oh, oh, shit, you know, Wisconsin's finally got a quarterback. You know, this could be their missing piece to, you know, kind of like LSU. LSU's always got a good team, but they never have a dynamic quarterback. And then when they got Joe Joe Burrow, that flipped the switch and you took him from a good team to, you know, an all-time team. So Mm -hmm. you were starting to kind of think that might be the case with Wisconsin. But unfortunately, ever since that game, it's been all downhill for Graham Mertz. And I'm not quite sure if he – he is that guy or is is a guy, but um, another great game there. Then Iowa and Indiana, we thought that would be a good game. Uh, unfortunately, no, Iowa went ahead and took them behind the woodshed and put that game uh, out of reach early. So they spanked up on them. UCLA, uh, you know, LSU traveled out to L.A. to the Coliseum, to the Rose Bowl, and uh, UCLA ended up running running the ball down their throat. So, you know, the Pac-12 showed the SEC a little bit of a little downhill run game, so that's always nice to see the SEC get beat up and pushed around a little bit. So, and then of course, you know, the defending champs, Alabama playing Miami, Miami, number 14 in the country, Alabama, number one. And, uh, you know, Miami's got Derek King at quarterback. So you're thinking, okay, maybe they've got a, not a chance to beat them, but you know, a chance to make the game competitive. And, um, no, no, Alabama came out and steamrolled them. You know, it was just next man up at Alabama and they're, uh, 
their freshman quarterback stepped up and threw four touchdowns and 300 yards. So uh, business as usual down there in Bama. So I think that was the main takeaway I had from the weekend was that uh, college football kind of looked kind of looked pretty. The like the playing field had kind of evened out a little bit, except for Alabama. You know, like Georgia, obviously their defense looked incredible, but uh, the offense left a lot to be desired. So it kind of looked to me like Alabama and then everybody else in college football. So what else did you see out there this weekend that uh, you took notice to? I mean, there's definitely a lot of parity. I mean, there's a lot of teams definitely. that a lot of teams that really still have a lot to prove. Um, and then a lot of teams that, that drop games that, that they definitely shouldn't have. And, right. And I mean, you know, just off a glance here, I mean, like you said, Alabama, clearly the best team in the sec in the nation, you know, I don't think anyone's going to disagree with you after, after week one, you know, say right. what you want to say about Georgia's defense and yeah, they might, they might be able to, uh, you know, keep them, you know, a little more under control than, you know, Miami, who's, who's, you know, we want to say Miami's back because it's good for college football, but I don't know. It's just, they just don't seem like they can really have their stars align much like a lot of programs ourselves as another um, example, ACC just really, really down. They, they took the L and then they took another one and another one, another one, like, Miami, North Carolina, my team. I mean, that that hurts. And then uh, um, Clemson, you know, not even scoring a touchdown. It's just that's that's kind of wild. Pac-12 championship will run through L.A. I think that's a, a safe bet. You know, yeah. you got USC, USC, and then UCLA. You know, UCLA. They've had they've had you know one test and then one team in Hawaii where you can't take them lightly and they've they've passed both so you know hats off to them and hats off to uh, Chip Kelly there. Big Twelve, I mean, what are we doing? Iowa State, hey, and Texas Oklahoma. looked all right. Texas, Texas looked all right. right. Is Texas, Texas the best right. team in the Big Twelve? It, it, it very well could be. I mean, you very think well about it. Be. Iowa State near just squeaks one out against Northern Iowa at home, right? And then you got Oklahoma who barely squeaks one out against Tulane and that game should have been in Tulane. Right. Yeah. And so, I mean, that, that kind of scares you. And then the big 10, the last possession. Yeah. And then the big 10 just seems wide open to me, you know, I Ohio state defense looked average at best, just like they have the past couple of years, but Minnesota, you know, before the Ibrahim uh, injury, they looked like they could be a really, really big force to be reckoned with. And then, you know what they looked like, you know what Minnesota looked like? A very well coached team. Exactly. Looked like a team that the you coach had them prepared. Honestly, you want to talk? We could talk all the shit about all the sloganarian as Frost says, and but uh, they looked like a well coached team. And uh, you know, outside of you know that targeting penalty that they got down yeah. the stretch, you know they were going in to tie the ball game up in the fourth quarter. So Minnesota they, yeah. looked uh, looked really well. Really they came good. out very very strong. They looked again well coached, and I mean. I I wouldn't want to see them anytime soon. Uh, Penn State, really really impressive win. Hey, all that you've been, I said you've been saying State. it. I you've said saying yeah. it, and I didn't I didn't see it in that quarterback when we played him last year. He he got pulled against us last year, and he yeah. he looked pretty good. Iowa, I mean, looks like the class of the West. Right. Um, and then you, you mentioned Mertz. Not he he doesn't look good, and I don't right. think Wisconsin needs a big time. Stud quarterback. They need that game manager like they always have. And what's important to, uh, to Wisconsin is a strong defense 
and a solid run game. And yep. you can't put too much on a quarterback at Wisconsin. And then, I mean, Rutgers and Michigan both look good too. They they went in, took care of their business. Rutgers, Michigan State didn't I mean, look bad. They went in. No, yeah, yeah. And I yeah, I would be remiss to not mention them. But Rutgers, that Shiano, say say what you want about Rutgers too, but Shiano's a good coach. He can coach. He can coach. And what they're top ten in recruiting currently right now. Yeah. So. so I mean, there, there's a lot of question marks, like I said, um, in the in the Power Five, and I think obviously, you know, with the weeks to come and and the, the you know the matchups that come and go, we'll we'll learn more. But again, just an awesome awesome weekend slate of football. Right. Yep. You know, I think the one of the big things that stuck out to me was the lack of uh, top end quarterback talent. Um, yeah. especially compared to last year. I, I mean, your two top guys coming in this year, you know, Spencer Rattler from Oklahoma and Sam Howell from North Carolina. I mean, both looked like dog shit. Sam Howell went and lost. Uh, you he know. didn't have a lot of help around him, though. Uh, he threw the you pick watch that game. game. So, yeah, I know. Yeah, He put up 10 points. He made some bad decisions, but, I mean, he was running around like Martinez <laughs> at his worst yeah. there. Um, and then Spencer Rattler, you know, threw two picks and uh, didn't look great himself. So just the lack of top-end quarterback talent uh, kind of was a glaring thing to me, you know, especially mm-hmm. compared to last year when you got guys like Lawrence and Fields and Zach Wilson. And, you know, um, so it's just uh, – that's what I, I think that's why maybe the parody looks a little bit different is because of the lack of top-end talent. Plus, you've got uh, most of the teams that are middle-of-the-road teams brought back most of their players. So they're all really old teams. You know, they've got – 30, 40 seniors on their team, opposed to the, you know, your perennial top five, top 10 teams that, you know, the guys that they were going to lose went ahead and went to the NFL anyways and didn't take that extra year, year of eligibility. So I think that uh, we're in for an exciting season this year um, across college football. So I'm excited about it. But, uh, you know, enough of the national stuff. Uh, you know, Nebraska did have a game this weekend. Um, obviously, Fordham. Um, game started off a little shaky and kind of had Husker Nation. Uh, you know, a little, not worried for a loss, but just kind of worried about how it was looking. Um, but, you know, once Nebraska found their groove, they were able to, I believe they rattled off six straight touchdowns and six straight possessions. So um, ended up covering, you know, 52-47 uh, against a Fordham team that came out and, you know, uh, fought fought pretty hard at the beginning and, uh, you know, looked pretty decent. Uh, Nebraska, you know, what was, I guess what was the main takeaway you had from this game? Yeah, I mean – like you said, I, I still feel like we're coming out a little sluggish, um, right. even it, especially second half, not so much noticeably this time, but uh, first half, you know, up until this year, I feel like we always had a really well scripted first couple plays and we'd come right down the field and look like a million right. bucks. And then, but it just doesn't seem to like be that way this, this year. And, right. you know, we, we came out with a little bit more fire in the second half than we have for yep. some time, but Aside from that, I mean, anytime you get a convincing fashion or come out and win in a convincing fashion um, and do what you're supposed to do, it, it just it, it'll naturally make you feel better. Correct. And uh, I mean, this was obviously kind of a get right, feel good game. And I feel like it's exactly what this team, these coaches and this fan base all needed collectively. I mean, we needed a, we, we need to use this game as a momentum builder. A, mo- a motivator and you know I, I i just think it just feels so much better after a win and, and especially in convincing fashion and you know now that we've seen it it's like we we say all the time on this podcast it's like once you see the ball go in the hoop it feels better Correct. to shoot 
And yep. we, I feel like we got to do that this time and we got to like just loosen up a little bit and play our game and, and kind of just let it ride. And so you got to come away feeling good about that and build on this and, you know, move forward into another winnable game. And then, then you get into the bulkier season. Yeah, you know, and I think the biggest takeaway for me was that uh, I think we finally found uh, running back one and wide receiver one. Uh, you know, um, obviously Samari Torrey came in here with a lot of uh, a lot of praise and whatnot, and had a you know didn't get really that too many opportunities in that first game. Only had three catches, but uh, really established himself in this game. Had eight catches for a hundred and. 133 yards. So, and it then had tacked on a rushing touchdown. We ran that triple option with him a couple times. Not sure if that's something we're going to continually see here throughout the season, but uh, we ran it three or four times here in this last game. And then obviously the emergence of a marquee step, um, you know, Gabe Irvin had started the season and came in with the high hopes of being a true freshman and, uh, you know, thinking that he could be the guy. And unfortunately he just hasn't. I, he, you can make the argument that he's maybe been the fifth or sixth best running back on this team. But uh, yep. Marky Stepp has, I believe, separated himself from this group and, you know, looks like a great running back. And, you know, we like that big, you know, 230 pound running back downhill for the big 10. You saw him break some nice tackles and get into the end zone. So, I think just establishing that running back one and, and your go-to wide receiver. And then also we were able to get the ball to Austin Allen. And then you could see what he mm-hmm. can do after, after the catch. I mean, did you see the guys just dragging on him, trying to bring him down? I mean, just looks like a man among, among children around there. So just great to see those guys get going. And then also we were able to, for the first time since the uh, – the Maryland game two years ago, uh, we got to put in all of our backups. Mm-hmm. So we got to see what the backups are about. And we got to see finally uh, Logan Smothers come in and some game action. And I know in previous episodes, me and Zach had had our reservations about him and how he looked in the spring. We didn't think he looked very good at all, but uh, I thought he came out and played well, was decisive of what he wanted to do, ran the ball well, threw a lot better ball than I anticipated. Um, so Zach, what'd you think of the backups? Any of those backups come in there and impress you or? Yeah, I mean, first off and foremost, yeah, you're you're exactly right with Logan Smothers. I mean, be, aside from that first throw where he basically just threw it at the guy's ankles, mm-hmm. um, and and that's got to it's got to do have something to do with some nerves coming in. You know, that's his first game playing at Memorial Stadium in a in a real game. Um, so, seemed like he had a cl- clear command of the offense. He he looked quick with his decisions. He knew when to when to stay in the pocket and when to tuck and run, um, and you know. He, the one gripe I think we can all agree on is that fumble he had, but right, dude, that was like literally the the sm- the slowest uh, spin move I've ever seen somebody <laughs> try to do. Like he only got his back to the guy's helmet in in the spin right. move motion. And took but, it right in the back. Took a hard yeah, step right to the back, and yeah. he also took a really big shot against the the stud no, on the sideline. On the sideline, yep. I can't believe he, he hopped back up, but that's what you got to do. I'll say though. Aside from him, you know, he's the obvious choice, you know, for for a backup that played well. But the entire second team O-line looked fantastic in the second half. Right. I mean, they were they were moving the line of scrimmage more than our starters were, and they were playing against the same people. Yeah, the uh, the, the lack of push from our starters, uh, at least consistently. It's concerning. It, it's, it's, concerning. it's definitely concerning because um, there was definitely times there early where they were getting pushed around or at least stonewalled you know, right at the line of scrimmage and, you know, just with the, just the size difference and the talent discrepancy, yeah. you would like to see us to be able to just road grade them and, you know, run the ball straight ahead. And that was yeah. the case early. Um, you know, we, we pounded the rock. We had, 
we had uh, eight guys on the team with more than five carries today, and we totaled, mm-hmm. I believe, 55 total carries for over 300 yards. So, you know, we were consistently pounding the rock, and sometimes, you know, that's what you got to do. You just got to keep running, 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 even if you're just getting two to three yards just to kind of soften up that defense, and then that kind of opens opens up your play action. But it's yeah. good to see uh, – sorry, we had 65 carries for 329. So mm-hmm. uh, 10 total people had carries in this game. So – I mean, that, that just tells you what kind of game was. If you have 10 guys carry the ball and eight people with over five carries, it and we, tells you that – go ahead. Yeah, and we had we had five players that averaged over five five or more yards per carry. Yeah, I mean, we saw – We had Step, um, we had Smothers, Torre, Marvin Scott, and, and Yant that all had over five yards per carry. And that's not just one or two carries. I mean, I think they all met at the minimum of five carries for each of those right. players. Behind uh, Step, what other the other running backs really impressed you? I, I kind of liked a little bit of all of them. Obviously, we talked about Gabe Irvin and his struggles, but uh, we had, what, four or five other guys come in there, and I thought looked pretty well. What would you see from the running backs? I thought Sevian Morrison brings a little bit of a burst when he gets the ball. He he scored two touchdowns. I mean, he didn't have a whole lot of yardage, but when he did get in there, it seemed like he, he kind of had a spark there. And then I think it's time for us to really start seriously looking at Yant to come in and, yeah. and and run the ball because there's not one guy and some teams maybe two guys that can bring that guy down at once. No. I mean no he like, is he was hitting he was hitting guys and going forward. The what you want to see it's like when you yeah. get hit, you want to see your running back fall forward and he was definitely doing that. And yeah, I mean we we called him kind of the 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 spring camp hero because we always have one but it's it's might it might be time to bring him into Big Ten football and let let him see what he can do because he he looks the part and he seems to kind of run with that anger that you like to see and um you know he, he could be a situational guy but you know, why why not entertain that because we we have three guys right now that we're rotating in and out that are all the same game yeah yeah exactly yep so and then the uh speaking of switching it up you know on the opposite of that i thought that randomly ramir johnson looked like he kind of had that uh first step that initial burst you know more than the next guys you know he's obviously a track guy so of course he's got speed but um it was really kind of showing he was showing that initial burst that you like to see um so just i don't know we have a stable full of running backs i guess i would kind of like to see us you know narrow it down narrow the rotation down a little bit more but when you have, I don't know, five, six guys that are all playing moderately well and you're kind of liking bits and pieces of it, it's hard to obviously practice. You know, you've probably seen a little bit more out of them. But, uh, you know, I'd like to see us get down, shorten up that, shorten the bench, you know, like playoff football mm-hmm. or playoff basketball. You shorten your bench up to an eight-man rotation. Once we get into conference play here, you'd like to see um, that running back room kind of get shortened up and find the workhorse, which – uh, Marquis Step, you know, he led the way with 18 carries, so he was the workhorse, and then you, you know, maybe one to two other guys. So, uh, but definitely impressed with uh, them. And then, uh, you know, Alante Brown um, got in there at the end, and you know what? He only had one catch, and on that catch, he made three people miss after after the catch. So, it's just you got you got to find a way to get guys like that the ball. You got to find ways to get guys like that on the field. You know, I'm I'm tired of hearing this no block no rock bullshit. You know, it's get your best athletes on the field. The guy that he caught the ball had two guys on him. You know, jump cut, jump cut, made two miss, and then spun out of another one. Three missed tackles on mm-hmm. one play. It's just like you know, those are things you can't teach. Those are things that they call intangibles. You know, things that can't be taught. Things you're not going to see on the paper. So. 
you just like to see, uh, you know, athletes being athletes. So you just got to put them in, um, you know, and then um, also uh, Omar Manning, you know, the much talked about, much aligned Omar Manning. I feel like he's coming along. You know, he had, he had what, three catches for 50, 55 yards today or yesterday, or not today, obviously on Saturday, <laughs> we're recording this on, on Wednesday. Um, but I think he's, you know, he's coming along and just, I like that he's getting lots of repetition. So, and to your point too, uh, uh, with the no block, no rock thing, I think he's yeah. actually taken that and taken it to heart because there was a couple times, I two specific times I remember watching the game where you saw him out there blocking on the edge and downfield. Oh, yeah, just just yes. being an just being an animal. And then what do you right. know? The next play or the next two plays after the, the he ma- he makes that block down the field, he's got, he's got a target and he makes a big play. And so yeah. And and you know maybe maybe it doesn't coincide quite like I'm you know picturing it, but at the same time, like if the guy's given that sort of effort, play him. Like yep. what are we doing yep. with with Lewer still in and Brody Belt still running out there? Like, I, oh play my, the guy, play the guy. He's he's our athlete. He's doing. He looks like he's just trying to do everything he possibly can to produce for the team and do right. as much as he can for the team and 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 get targets. And I mean, I don't know. It just seems like he, he's slowly starting to come along. Yes. Like you're, like yes. you said. Yeah, no, he's looking good. And no, I know exactly what you're talking about. He, the couple downfield runs where he was uh, down there putting, uh, putting guys on their back in the run mm-hmm. game. So definitely something you like to see, uh, you know, then our, you know, our old faithful captain quarterback, uh, Adrian Martinez had himself a little bit of day. It was, it was nice to see. He looked a lot more decisive today. There wasn't a lot of, dropping back and, you know, uh, you know, being a little gun shy, basically, um, you know, he was very decisive, making quick, quick reads and getting rid of the ball. And, you know, he went 17 for 23 for 254. So, you know, quite the day, you know, obviously ground game scored another touchdown there, making a man miss, um, you know, down there on fourth, fourth down on the goal line. So had a very good day. You know, actually, Adrian Martinez is actually leading college football in passing yards as we speak. Adrian fourth. Martinez. He's fourth. No, he's he's number one. He, he's leading Power Five, and he's fourth. Who's got more than four hundred and eighty-six passing yards? <laughs> I think I'll, you're wrong. I'll tell you right now. Oh, okay. Keep talking. Okay. I'm going to bring it up. Okay. So, anyways, as, as far as I'm concerned, Adrian Martinez is number one in passing yards in college football, uh, with four hundred and eighty-six <laughs> yards. Up. Obviously, we've got uh, an extra game under our belt than most teams, but uh, you know, it's he's off to. After his last game where, you know, a lot of people said he was shaky, not not pulling the trigger back there, it's good to see him come out and, you know, throw the ball and, uh, you know, make quick decisions. And obviously it showed up in the passing game, being able to get Austin Allen involved early, a guy that we uh, def- definitely need to utilize as much as we can. So, and then, uh, you know, hopefully we get a couple more guys back healthy. But um, so what did, it, what did it say? San Jose State's quarterback Nick Starkle has 702 passing yards. Nick Starkle has is that uh, San Jose or? State. I, okay. Jake Hayner from Fresno has six hundred and twenty nine. Hawaii's quarterback, who also has two games, has five hundred and twenty five. Well, well, fuck, well, fuck. Then so don't listen to anything in, I say. First and okay, uh, so he's number five, one in Power Five. He's That's first all that matters one anyway. Power five. That's all that matters yes. anyway. <laughs> yeah, screw those lower level schools. <laughs> what the fuck do they know? <laughs> so, but uh, no, uh, so obviously. You know, a 52 to 7 game. There's not much to nitpick at. Obviously, a slow start. Um, but, 
you know, tell me if you've heard this story before. Special teams, once again, was uh, complete dog shit. Um, outside of our kick, our kickoffs, we are uh, getting touchbacks at a very large clip, I believe about 80% of the time. Yep. So that looks good. Um, kickoff return, fair catch the ball. Fair catch the ball. You guys can't return. You can't return the ball. I'm not sure why Omar or uh, Xavier Betts is our kick returner. Like we discussed last episode, he's not the type of guy you're looking forward to. Alante Brown is the type of player you're looking forward to do kickoffs, not a straight up and down inline runner as Xavier Betts is. So, mm-hmm. guys, it's time to just take fair catch the ball, take the ball to the 25, stop costing yourself yards. Yep. And then, unfortunately, uh, punt returns. Um, I mean, what I say, Zach, this, this is your man's. Um, uh, Cam Taylor Brett, you know, our best player on the team. Uh, unfortunately, once again, another muff punt. Took this one, tried to field it off the bounce, took it in the face, off the face mask. Miraculously, didn't bounce out of bounds. Just kind of dribbled right along the sidelines, and they were able to recover it. And you know what? The, th- the thing I liked seeing uh, Frost do was not – obviously, he benched him you know, for punt returning. But you know what? He also benched him as far as playing defense too. And, you know, you may say, well, it's the uh, totally different things, but it's, it's just a, a lack of decision-making. And so it, it needed, he needed to go sit down and you know what? I think he took it in stride and he knew that he fucked up. So um, he didn't seem to have any issue with, uh, you know, with it being benched. He understood that, uh, you know, you can't, you can't keep making mistakes like this. Um, unfortunately, Oliver Martin, who we believe is our best punt returner, is banged up, didn't play this game. So, uh, Zach, what, we, what did you think of special teams? We did hit a field goal, so that looked pretty good in all of our extra points. Yeah. No, I mean, Connor Culp hasn't missed a field goal yet this year. He's just missed two extra points, but – um, yeah, no big deal. No, we, we, we just simply can't do it to our team, um, and do it, do it anymore to send, uh, Cam, T- Cam Taylor Britt and Brody Belt out there as punt returners. Cause even Brody Belt one, why are we even sending him out there? It, that's our best option at punt returner behind Cam Taylor Britt. Right. It can't be like you said, Alante Brown would be a guy that could be electric, uh, um, as a punt returner, but, uh, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe yeah, I mean, we just bring, you know, maybe we just do punt block from now on and don't even send a returner out there and just hope for the best. Because right. <laughs> you got to think um, when a when a punter is back there and there's no returner, it kind of adds a little more pressure on the punter to 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 yeah. put it close. Tell and one of these Australian style fucking punters boot a like ninety yarder on you. But we have one of those, and he's not doing that for us. He gets an incomplete no. grade actually for this this game because he didn't have to pump much. Yeah. But and then, yeah. like you said, Xavier Betts, like he runs scared when he gets a kick return. He just runs right. to like not get smashed, but also not to get yards either. And so, correct, just not good. It's just time. I don't know. Fair catch, what, fair catch it. But hey, I mean, at least we patched up the touchback deal, and we're we're kicking it in the end yes. zone now. Yes, I mean there. I mean you can point to what a couple of games where you could point to maybe we lost those games because of the uh, kickoff coverage. Uh, ideally, that Wisconsin one. I I know it was early, but it was such a momentum killer. You know, mm-hmm. we got up on them early and then kicked off, and motherfuckers ran it right back to the house on us. So yep. But yeah, I'm not. Um, I'm not worried know. about Connor Culp. I think I, th- honestly, if if he does, I, I wish we wouldn't have lost the game, but. Right. Um, I, I think he'll he'll straighten things out and get back to his yeah. normal self from last year. Because, again, I mean, he missed two extra points. He hasn't missed a field goal, though. And, you know, that whatever. I, I, I hope that I hope it just stays stays true. 
Yeah, so I, I digress on the uh, special teams issue. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, you know, so we have a, what is this, a, a 50 or a 40 point, some, you know, blowout. Um, cover. Does this, yes, we did cover. I, yeah, miraculously, I thought there was no way we we're going to cover, you know. You know the old thing. In the first quarter. Yeah, good teams win, great teams cover. So to, keeping that in mind, does this week two performance and this bounce back um, change your outlook on the season or does it given you, does it change your outlook on this team going forward? And, you know, do you think that's like change the whole dynamic of the season? Like, okay, maybe we found our stride or, or we still kind of who we are. Yeah. After game one, where it was like, uh, you know, I was, I was already kind of pulling games back. I had initially said uh, seven and five, you know, at this point it's going to be an absolute dog fight and damn near, I'm not going to say a miracle, but it's going to be an absolute dogfight to scratch and claw to get to six wins. How are you feeling about the it, season it, outlook? It, it it does change my mind, but it doesn't because what I saw from Big Ten West this last weekend, I feel like there's not a team in our in our division that we can't beat. Yeah, I, I st- Iowa we could lose to all of them. We could, and we could also beat yeah. all of them. Well, I mean, well, Penny backing on that, you know, Illinois decided to follow up their big uh, win against Nebraska with a fucking loss to University of Texas San Antonio. So, yeah, a, I, uh, a not, complete, I'm, you know. <laughs> I'm not sure what to say about that one because, God, I, I didn't watch it. I don't know that many people did. They were down I, the whole game. It wasn't like they shocked them at the end. They yeah, they, they went down 7 nothing the in the first quarter, and then they just went blow for blow from with them the rest of the game and they only had one turnover in the game i mean it's not like they shot themselves in the foot the whole game either right. and their quarterback yeah. had three touchdown passes and zero picks and threw for like 260 i mean right. and and I, I i don't know that's neither here nor there and so it's frustrating and it makes me want to like rip my hair out but at the same time um as far as the trajectory of this team i saw a lot of good things that we improved on not only just from week one to week two, but just in general, like we only had two penalties for 10 yards last week. Right. And regardless yep. of the opponent, making mistakes happens. And we just yeah, didn't those are make mental errors. And we just right. didn't make them. And I think this was a huge game for Martinez just to be able to kind of like, I know, you know, from my own person or my experience, like, Wednesday practices weren't as fun as Thursday practices because Thursday practices were all like seven on seven. You just stood there and you got to sling it around. And Wednesday was more like um, contact, like 11 on 11, like, you know, just a regular game setting. It felt like Martinez was out there running a seven on seven um, on Saturday because he was just standing in the pocket and he was he was delivering passes. We haven't seen that type of quality throw in some time. I mean, it wasn't absolutely. I think that they got him a little warmed up by throwing to the flat a lot early just to kind of get mm-hmm. it, get get him in in rhythm and get some completions under his belt. But then after a while, he starts hitting people right in the middle of the field, mainly Torre, but uh, Torre, he, he was making he was some eating them up. He he was yeah, he was making some reads and 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 just making some throws that it, it was it was impressive. And so I, I thought our play calling was a lot better this week. Yep. Um, you know, we like you said, we brought out that option and we were kind of opening it up a little bit. I don't know the last time that we actually got to see Martinez really just let it go and just throw downfield and just 
yeah. kind of play football and, again. You know, and for the first time maybe ever under uh, Frost, we actually looked better coming out after halftime than we did yeah. opening the game. So yep. that was obviously a pleasant surprise to see uh, Nebraska come out after halftime and look even better and, you know, continue to put their foot on foot on Fordham's throat, you know, because yep. they could have – you know, historically, second half adjustments, uh, especially third quarter in general, in Nebraska has been it's been a bugaboo for him. So it's great to see them come out at halftime and look good and crisp. Still, in that way, we were able to you know get those backups in there and see what we got in them. And I think you know, obviously, we talked about earlier, a couple people came out and showed showed out for themselves. You know, you yep. know, you can put some stuff on film. So, but uh, no, that was throwing a pick this year. And no. he's he's got one turnover in two games, and that's got to be his best ratio since since arriving. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So absolutely, and, and and you know our our deep our defense our secondary, I think most of the big plays in the past game that that Fordham had were uh, matchups against linebackers and stuff. Like Deontay yep. Deontay Williams had himself a fucking day. Like yeah, that guy was flying around the field, hitting people hard. Two picks, two picks. Um, kind of bring this in there, and then after after the first quarter, I thought our run game was good. And I, I mentioned Omar Manning, man, that guy, that guy is working out there. And and if he just keeps doing what he's doing, he's going to be so much more involved in the offense come week week six or seven. Yeah, well, we talked about the improvement from week one to week two. Um, Nebraska is going to ha- need to have another substantial improvement uh, heading into week three, where uh, Buffalo comes to town. And for those of you that don't know, Buffalo is is a pretty is a formidable opponent. Uh, you know, this isn't a team to be taken lightly. Um, the, last Saturday, they they beat Mercer. I believe it was Mercer, uh, 69 to seven and scoring 69 points on anybody Six, scoring 69 points on air is a lot. So to score it on an actual team, um, you know, says a lot, not to mention this team also finished in the top 25 last year. They went six and one last year. They did play in the fall season, played in a bowl game, won their bowl game. Now their coach and his, most of the coaching staff went down to Kansas, took the job at Kansas, have no idea why anybody would ever do that. I mean, that is the worst program. It's just a winless. There's no win coming out of Kansas. So, well, <laughs> they actually did get their first win in fucking two years <laughs> this weekend, um, and they rushed the field. Big, so big upset over South Dakota. Big upset. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Beat the Sioux out of South Dakota. So um, they actually did win. So I guess I'm eating my words as I'm saying them. So they, but the coaching staff went to <laughs> went down to Kansas, took most of his assistants down there. And even 10 transfers down there. But, um, you know, this team has has still good players left. You know, they returned their uh, three-year starting quarterback, their second-leading rusher and second-leading receiver of a team that, at the end of the season, like I said, they finished number 25 in the AP poll. So this is not a team to be taken lightly. And if, uh, you know, you come out and start slow with them, you'll find yourself in a hole early. So, um, you know, and then on, you know, the style of play they are, uh, Buffalo's a run team. Um, they're going to run the ball. And they're going to try to run it down your throat. So they're not much in passing. Um, and then they have a stingy defense. Only gave up 97 total yards this weekend. So when you score 69 points and only give up 97 yards, like I said, that doesn't, it don't matter who you're playing against. Uh, you, you put on pretty, <laughs> pretty hard. So, um, but, you know, more important than that, you know, this weekend is also very, has big significance um, as it is the 20th anniversary of the 9 11 attacks. Um, so Nebraska will be breaking out the uh, camo alternate uniforms. Most of you guys saw the video, the video release over there, shot over there in Havelock um, with the Navy SEAL, um, you know, breaking Indian out the Jackson. new uniforms. 
Damian Jackson, there you go. Um, so just, I mean, just touching on the whole 9-11 thing, um, you know, Zach obviously has 20 years ago. Um, I remember obviously exactly where I was and where exactly where I was is where I am now. I was with you. We were in uh, 10th grade English with Miss Kruger yep. when the uh, first, first plane hit. So we were sophomores at Lincoln Southeast when that first plane hit. And, uh, you know, obviously, uh, it should change forever. You know, yeah. Zach, do you, what do you got to say about the, you know, the 20 year anniversary here? Yeah, I mean, remember, remember the day and everything. Yeah, I, I remember because yeah, like you said, the first first plane hit, and then we were walking through the halls, and oddly enough, um, after the first plane hit, I went to U.S. History um, and with coach with old Class Coach was Q. About to change. <laughs> coach, yeah, Coach Q, and um, but uh, I actually went to that Rice game. It was on a Thursday night yeah. when they moved it. And I oh. was there. I was there for that for that uh, 9/11 tunnel walk and the game and everything. And man, it's just it's hard to believe that it was it was that long ago. And it's it, it's crazy. I mean, yeah. There's 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 times you remember. I mean, I I remember the first Columbine. I remember right. I remember that. I mean, just all these significant events that have happened over to, over time, like. You can't help, but I, I I do specifically remember like I was supposed to go to the game uh, that weekend, and then it got moved to a Thursday, um, just you know because everything kind of shut down for a while. And yep. uh, our friend Brett and I were were I think we were in South South Stadium, and it I mean being that young as like a sophomore in high school and still catching all the feels and like really right. like understanding the moment of what's happening Mm -hmm. i mean it's crazy like and so yeah it's it's cool that they're they're doing what they're doing um and a lot of people just you know the normal complainers have to complain about the the uniforms wearing it's like just see past that for once like understand why they're they're doing it they're fine they're 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 all white they're all white with a little shade of camo like you said and i mean jesus stop just find something else to complain about for once. Like, right. God. And so, so I, I, I'm, I, I'm going to the game Saturday. Um, oddly yep. enough, I mean, 20 years later, um, and I look forward to it and I, I hope I'm, I'm probably going to tear up when they're undoubtedly going to show that, that uh, tunnel walk from, yeah, from the, from the game. And Kate, my wife's probably going to make fun of me cause that's who I'm going with. And, Whatever, I'll just I'll toss the shades on. She won't know, but it's fine. Yeah, exactly. Toss the shades on and look <laughs> away. So again, um, but you know, I think it's uh, good to remember remember that stuff and you know why we're here. And you know, you know, remember that you know we play a Memorial Stadium, and unfortunately, with the uh, things that happened with the last two weeks, um, with the attack over there in Afghanistan, where uh, Nebraska, you know, a homegrown Nebraska kid from uh, from Omaha, from Miller West, I'm sure they're going to honor him. Was one of the uh, 13 members killed over there in Afghanistan uh, last week or two weeks ago. So um, I'm sure, you know, it, it's going to be a very significant day. It's going to be a lot of non-dry lot of eyes in the crowd. Yep. So like I said, it's, it's called Memorial Stadium. It's for, uh, you know, for that type of thing. So it's just, uh, you know, it's going to be a good, good day Saturday. Weather looks like it's going to be good. We've got a formidable opponent coming in um, 20 year anniversary of nine 11. So there's a, there's a lot going on. Um, you know, I'm looking forward to it. Um, I'm not going to be in attendance. I'm going to be watching this one from home. You know, there's a lot of, uh, again, another action-packed, uh, 
you know, Saturday, you know, you got Oregon and uh, Oregon and Ohio State uh, playing at 11 o'clock. So, you know, I'll be having those on on the double TV uh, in the basement watching that. Um, and then I hate to say it, the big game, Iowa at Iowa State, which now a top 10 matchup. So Let's go clones. Let's go clones. I see it. You know, I, th- I think I think I'm rooting for Iowa in this one. And normally I'm an Iowa, I, you know, I would root for Iowa State. But, man, that Iowa State hype train is just ridiculous, you know. It's just a little much for me. It's like they've been just dick riding the hell out of the Cyclones, and I don't think they have any business being in the top ten. Um, so I think I was going to probably – I think I was going to win handily Saturday, but um, I will be be anxious to see that game. Um, then you got Washington and Michigan play Saturday night, um, which doesn't have as much significance since, uh, you know, uh, Washington, Washington decided to be by Montana by uh, Torrey's old team, Montana. Yeah, so, without Torrey. Uh, <laughs> exactly, without their star player that's now on our team. So <laughs> – um, yeah, I'll just be taking in this weekend's action from the couch and then, um, you know, but, uh, this is a very important game. It's been since, uh, since the two, two plus years ago where Nebraska was able to put together a two game win streak. So, you know, we got, we saw one go through the hoop, you know, we don't need to get too high on ourselves. Like we did last year when we beat Penn state and then overlooked Illinois and got, got smacked in the mouth. This is, this is not a team to overlook. Buffalo will come in here and run the score up on you if you're not careful. So, you know, we need everybody's best game and everybody to be locked in for Saturday. Um, obviously, there's going to be a lot of, you know, a lot of other things going on, you know, pregame and all that with the 9-11 and the honoring of that and honoring of the uh, lost uh, Nebraska soldier from Afghanistan. It's going to be a lot of th- moving pieces, but, uh, you know, we need the team to lock in and, you know, be ready to come out and, uh, you know, not start slow. Let's start fast. Let's get that 10-play script going back. You know, let's go out and score on that opening drive. So, um, anything else you got for this weekend, Zach? No, man. I'm 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 excited to go to Memorial Stadium and actually see the Sea Red again. It's yeah. The last time I was there was uh, Black Friday when Iowa's stupid kicker had to like blow kisses to us. And yeah, that was the last time I was there. Uh, and, so yeah. I'm ready to uh, to get that sour taste out of my mouth and uh, and get a dub on, under the belt and and then go yep. back and go just kind of for continue. Oklahoma. Yeah, <laughs> on to on to Oklahoma, on to the Sooners, on to the Sooners, on to Sooners. So, yep. yes, it's a it's a big weekend. Um, as every weekend is here in Nebraska, you know, going forward, you know, from here on out, it's uh, you know, it's a game that we can lose. There's no more. There's no more uh, Fordhams on the schedule. So, um, time to be locked in and uh, let's enjoy this ride. Let's enjoy each other and you know, let's uh, not celebrate but remember, uh, you know, what we're there for on the on nine eleven anniversary and. Uh, Hopefully our boys can come out and get it done. So uh, with that being said, you know, until next week, GBR as always. And uh, let's go ahead and get another. Exactly. Let's go ahead and get another W, Husker Nation. GBR.